Hello. So for my third and final podcast, this is a very special episode for me. Um, I am going to be interviewing my dad, who was a former kinesiology professional and coach at a Christian university. I hope you enjoy this episode. So to start off this podcast episode, where did you go to school? So where did you go to college? Um, I did my undergrad at Moody Bible Institute. And I did my postgrad at University of Wisconsin Whitewater. Okay, and so when you were a senior in high school, did you have a pretty clear idea of what you wanted to do? Not necessarily where you wanted to go, but like career-wise, did you have like a clear idea? Actually, I did not. I remember sitting down with my father and going through possible majors. Um, I initially ended up settling on civil engineering um, because I was pretty good at math and science and it seemed like a stable job to go into. And so that's what I initially did. So I went to Texas A&M for a year and it was clear during my one year at Texas A&M that I did not want to be in Texas and I did not want to study civil engineering. And so that's when I transferred to Moody Bible Institute. I knew I wanted to go into teaching and coaching, and it kind of changed my trajectory completely. So you were originally majoring in civil engineering. What, what made you want to change to the teaching and coaching? Like that, those are pretty different. Very, very different. Um, I got a sense early on um, in engineering that my life would probably be spent in a cubicle somewhere, crunching numbers, working on various problems, um, designing buildings or bridges or, or who knows what, but it wasn't really going to interact. I wasn't going to be interacting with people very much. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I knew I didn't want to go into that field. So I started to think about what, field I should go into. And I basically just thought back over my life and I thought about all the people that had significant impact on me and kind of my life trajectory. And, um, and they were mostly teachers and coaches. And I did not know how I felt about teaching at that time, but I loved soccer. I played it my whole life. Um, I had really good relationships with different coaches. And the idea of going into coaching sounded pretty cool. But most coaches also are teachers of some sort. So that's kind of how I came up with the idea of being a teacher and a coach, usually teaching to kind of get my foot in the door as a coach. Um, and that's why it basically switched from civil engineering into that field. Okay, and so, but your experience, especially once you got to Moody, and then once you graduated from Moody, you had, well, you, yeah, you had a more unique experience, because there are plenty of people that just become teachers and coaches, and that's like it, but you specifically went to a Bible Institute, and then... Yeah, so... It's a little bit different because Moody has a limit. Uh, they have limited offerings when it comes to majors. 
And so my undergrad was actually in Christian education, which is really designed for someone that wants to go into um, maybe youth ministry or... So like a head- church setting? Exactly. Of? It's okay. more designed for that. Um, I wanted to use it to go into um, teaching, teaching and coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew I was going to have to get uh, further schooling after that. Right. Um, and obviously at a school like Moody Bible, there's a lot of... Um, you basically graduate with Bible minor. Oh. So when I graduated... I got a job at a Christian school as a teacher, as a Bible teacher. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to jump into coaching right away because I played soccer in high school and college. And I had a couple coaching certifications that I'd gotten um, while I was in college. And so I was able to jump right into that. Um, and then decided to get my master's once I realized that I wanted to possibly teach and coach at the college level. And that's when I pursued what I would consider a more academic field and one that kind of branches more into kinesiology. It's technically a master's in curriculum and instruction, mm-hmm. but it was an emphasis in health, PE, recreation, and coaching. So okay. that was uh, kind of allowed me to go more into um, kinesiology type um, coursework. So I then started, in addition to teaching Bible, um, I became a PE teacher and health teacher, um, and then once I started to become a coach at the college level, I taught some intro to kinesiology courses as well as different activity courses and stuff like that. Okay, and so when you were, did you go straight from graduating from Moody to getting your master's, or was there a gap? There was a little bit of a gap. I think I taught for... Two years, um, okay. and then I realized, uh, I think I wanted to start getting my master's, and so I kind of did that part-time while I was still teaching, Okay. and also at that time, um, my wife and I were considering going overseas as missionaries, and so I knew that I wanted to have all my master's work done before we went overseas, so that was kind of the time frame that I was kind of working with. Okay. So... So going more into specific kinesiology related questions, when so you coached and you played soccer before, and I know that you coached soccer, but you that wasn't the only sport that you coached, correct? That is correct. Um, my first year of teaching um, in Milwaukee, um, I was a high school Bible teacher. I taught all ninth grade and tenth grade Bible classes. Um, and then I coached soccer in the fall. I coached boy soccer, um, uh, varsity, JV. And then in the spring, I coached girls soccer. So in the winter, uh, technically I wasn't coaching a sport. And every season that you coach, you get an additional stipend. And so uh, the wrestling coach at the time asked me if I would be interested in assisting him as a wrestling coach. Um, I'd never, I was never on a wrestling team in high school. Um, actually in California, soccer is a winter sport and so is wrestling. So it was kind of like you had to do either or. I kind of always had that wrestling build, but I never had done anything really with it because I was always into soccer. But he told me he'd teach me everything I needed to know. 
And so I started helping out with wrestling. And so I did that actually the entire five years that I was teaching and coaching in Milwaukee. I did soccer and wrestling. Um, very different sports, but I enjoyed being involved in a different sport. I just learned different ways of training kids and just the different coaching environment. Um, just completely different sort of cultural cultural experience for me than just having grown up with soccer my whole life. Right. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up the cultural differences because I was just about to ask. So once you did go overseas with your wife, my mom, um, you still coached, but so you had the experience of coaching in the U.S. and then you guys moved to Guatemala and so you began coaching there. Um, how, well, was that weird? Was it significantly different? Or would you say it was pretty much the same? Um, it, it was different in the fact, okay, so in Guatemala, um, they love soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not on the, I guess, world stage. They're not really that big. They've never qualified for a World Cup or anything like that. But okay. they're still... It's still their national sport. They love it the most. They're very passionate about it. You know, in the States, soccer is actually probably fourth most popular. You can maybe make the case third most, but soccer is definitely not king. Um, And so it was cool to go over there and have um, just people really care about soccer. Um, So that was one aspect. The other aspect was that I taught at a school for missionary kids, but it was multicultural. We had North American kids, maybe born in the States, but grew up in Guatemala, lived most of their life in Guatemala. So they were more Guatemalan than they were North American. Um, We had native uh, Guatemalans that also went to the school as well. There were kids from other Central American uh, countries, sorry, that had uh, moved to Guatemala that went to our school. There was a decent sized Korean population that went to our school as well. So I really enjoyed that aspect of having all these different cultures come together to be a part of a soccer team. It was actually very similar to what I experienced when I was at Moody um, because there were kids that were from all over the States and actually all over the world, some of them MKs, some of them internationals that all ended up at Moody and we played soccer together. And so we all had different cultural styles of play that we kind of melded together to work together as a team. So I really enjoyed that aspect. In the States, soccer, especially at a high level, turns out to be kind of a suburban uh, white kid sport. Mm -hmm. And uh, kids with a lot of money and a lot of means um, play soccer at a high level. And um, I don't really feel like that's what soccer is intended to be. All you need is uh, 22 people in a ball and you can play soccer. Um, and that's kind of how it is in other countries. I don't know if I answered your question, but oh, yeah, I was yeah. very, passionate, I'm very passionate about soccer and actually when it comes to cultural things as well, because when I came back to the States and I started coaching at the college level, mm-hmm. um, I think I actually struggled with melding those different cultural styles when it comes to relating to soccer. I was used to kind of how soccer was treated over there and even how the players were treated over there. And I think I kind of struggled with being able to bring that all together as a cohesive unit here in the States because the States, it still is suburban white kids that seem to 
seem to prosper the most when it comes to soccer. More so because of their financial means than it has anything to do with their athletic ability as a soccer player. Okay. And so that that shift or like the the different feel, you think that that's just the U.S. as a whole, not just where you were coaching at, so not just like the specific area in East Texas where we live now, or would you just say it's kind of... Well, that's interesting. Um, I honestly don't... I, I probably would have struggled with coming back to any part of the States, um, having coached in Guatemala for eight years, and then come back to the States and coaching here. I think it would have been a struggle either way. Um, I think East Texas... Um, is not as diverse as other parts of the U.S. Mm. And so maybe that exacerbated it a little. Um, so, and the, actually the type of school that I ended up coaching at was a, an engineering school, a Christian engineering school. And so you were getting kids that were just really into ac- um, academics and grew up in the suburbs and played soccer and then they all ended up at Laterno trying to play soccer. And in fact, I struggled over the course of my entire career at Laterno being able to bring in kids that were from a different uh, socioeconomic background, different cultural background and getting them to kind of gel with everyone else. It was kind of like either or. Um, maybe some years were more successful successful than others, but... I think on the whole, I kind of struggled melding those all together. But yeah, East Texas is definitely different, Mm -hmm. as you well know. Do you think that the diversity in your team for like all the different years that you coached, do you think that that had any major influence on how the season went as a whole? Do you think that... It somehow went better because you had multiple different types of players from different backgrounds of playing, or was it harder because they weren't as much of a cohesive unit? Um, and this is kind of this. I mean, I don't yeah, know if you'd be able to tell this. It's but. kind of hard to say because, well, actually, my most successful year when it comes down to wins and losses was actually my second year, and I had some pretty strong impact players that were not from the U.S. Um, I had a really strong um, striker who was from Ghana, and mm. he was paired with another striker who was from San Antonio, born and raised. And on paper, it just wouldn't look like they would really fit necessarily. Um, I had center midfielders that, you know, one I had actually coached in Guatemala, and the other guys were from East Texas originally. So. Um, that group did meld well and, and they performed well. Um, so that was one of my more successful seasons and, you know, probably one of the more enjoyable ones as well. However, my last season at Laterno was also enjoyable for me. And that was actually a large, a large portion of that team were Latino players, either born in Mexico, moved to the States or Mexican American. And, there were quite a few of them on the team, I would say more than half, and they melded really well together um, and were a very strong, cohesive unit. Um, I know that some of the players that were non-Latino struggled with uh, fitting in, either with the style of play or even just the overall 
feel of the team. But those that did fit in or tried to fit in, I think um, gelled really nicely with them. So while it might not have been reflected in our wins and losses record for that season, we were a very skillful team and highly competitive. And I, as a coach, really enjoyed watching their style of play from the sideline. It was enjoyable. Um, we weren't as focused on results as, as, as much as we were on um, doing the best we can and playing as a cohesive unit. So kind of have those two extremes, but those were the two most memorable as far as kind of melding all the cultures together. Okay. And so as a coach, what would you say was, um, I don't want to say the most important thing, but like, is there a specific thing about like being a coach that like you really have to keep in mind or you really need to be aware of, or you really need to make sure you do kind of like, I don't know, what would you say? What would you, this is kind of a big question. What would you say the key to coaching? Key to coaching? Wow, that is a really uh, many layered question. I know. And super deep because (laughs) in reality, I went into coaching because coaches impacted me in my life um, relationally and, and spiritually. I had some coaches that really helped push me in a very strong, positive relationship towards Christ. And ultimately, that's why I went into coaching. And so when I look back on my years of coaching at the high school level and the college level, those are the things that strike me are the relationships that I formed with guys that maybe they didn't even have a relationship with God at the time. And um, I was able to kind of encourage them to kind of think deeper about some of those spiritual things. So that's the more, I guess, meteor answer because (laughs) ultimately that's the root of why I went into coaching. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I measure success as a coach is based on those relationships and where those guys are now and how they're doing. Um, But I will say this, the biggest challenge and this is definitely more related to um, kinesiology and just how the body works and everything like that. The biggest challenge for me as a soccer coach was our our schedule. And when I say that is we generally played two games a week mm. and they were generally back-to-back. And uh, if you didn't have a lot of depth to your team, um, meaning like 22 to 30 players on your roster that are all really at a decent high level, mm-hmm. um, you were going to ask your starters to basically play a full 90 minutes on like on a Friday and then turn around again and largely play another full 90 minutes on Saturday because you couldn't just slide in a second team and still perform at the same level. And uh, that was very challenging for them physically. It was challenging for me as a coach to keep them injury-free all season. Um, I don't think the body's required, or not required, the body's able to recover that quickly Mm -hmm. when you play that hard on a day and not have at least one day of recovery. I think at the college level, you know, you should do like a midweek and like maybe a Saturday, like a Wednesday, Saturday. I think in high school, it's like Tuesday, Friday. That's plenty of time for you to recover. At, at the way our conference was set up, big state of Texas, everyone's so far apart. 
they had to make it so that we were playing games more like in a back-to-back setting. And that definitely favored the teams that had more depth because they could recover or not play their, their starters as long of the, you know, like full 90 minutes. And so they could be, they were more equipped to kind of turn around and do it again. So that was something that I struggled with from day one and I became aware of it, you know, years into it, but it still became a challenge to train the team, keep them healthy, get them through a season while also performing at a high level. So I don't know if I have the solution to that, but if someone can figure out all that, at least at the division three level, which is where I was, um, D2 level, I just think keeping your team healthy is like half the battle to being a, a successful coach as far as wins and losses. Right. That makes sense. Well, thank you for doing this. I enjoyed getting to know a little more about, I don't know, your experience in the kinesiology field and the coaching world. You're welcome. Thank you for taking the time to visit. Mm-hmm.